washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you Jesus There's a place where sin and shame are powerless where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood Slowing down at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you, I'm in all of you, where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I song listening to that uh, I'm in awe of you and then for us to reach a point in our life where we say and mean it that I owe all to you whenever you reach that point in your life that you say I owe all to him and uh, that it's all about Jesus everything that we do here at promised land should point to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It should all be about Him. This what I want to speak on this morning, how to have fellowship with Jesus. And in having fellowship with Jesus, there is only one miracle, only one miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels that Jesus did. And that is, of course, the miracle that He did when He fed the 5,000 and... Um, there's is some great lessons and some great things that we can learn. One of the things is how to have fellowship. Now, when I talk about how to have fellowship, of course, go ahead and get your Bible ready. Uh, pray that you brought your Bible. I, I love having the words up on the screen, a quick reference, and that's cool. 
But if you really want to make the Bible come alive, get you one and mark it. Okay, mark it up. I mean, put something on it and make it yours. Okay, that Bible is the word of life. Jesus himself, that's Jesus in written form. Uh, He said, I am the word, the word made flesh and dwelt among us. I'm the bread. You see him handing out bread there. Uh, their fish were kind of dried up. That's the most one of the most accurate pictures I could find. And uh, there was some dried fish. And that boy had a sack lunch. Uh, yeah. What do you bring in your sack lunch today, Joey? Well, I brought some dried up fish and and some crusty bread. That's all he had. Jesus took some dried up fish and some crusty bread and fed five thousand people with it. And then guess what he had? Leftovers. So leftovers are scriptural. They had a bunch of leftovers. They had 12 basketfuls. But I want to talk about this in just a second. And uh, so let's begin. Let's make it real. Can you have fellowship with Jesus this morning? Are you already having fellowship with Jesus? How can Jesus, you and Jesus get tight, more tight, more interlaced, your life, entwined in His life, having fellowship with Jesus, okay? Let's all stand for reading one verse. Everybody stand up, stretch your legs. In verse 34, Jesus, when He came out, saw much people, and He was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And He began to teach them many things. Father, I thank You so much for each and everyone here this morning. May Your Spirit be more powerful than anything I say or do. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. There's a... Man, this, this, this passage is loaded in just some great things that we can, that we can learn. Uh, in looking at this, the very first point, and I'll back up to verse 30, is, uh, I, I called it being busy for the right reasons. Now that's, that's, uh, in your outline, and I'll, I'll pray that you, uh, picked up a bulletin. If you didn't, you can get one on the way out. But being busy for the right reasons. Now, now, it's not in your outline. It's not on our slides anywhere. So, Kenneth, you, you ain't got to find it or anything. But if you back up here in this chapter, in chapter 6, and, and if you back up to verse 7, it says that uh, he called the twelve and he sent them out two by two. Now, this is where we're going to launch right here this morning for just a little while, this verse 30. Now, what it is, is everybody, all the twelve disciples, he sent them out two by two, they were real busy. It'd be kind of like us doing a miniature city reach. Now, if you've ever heard that, some of the young people go and they go help reach a city somewhere. And they help, usually it's a place where there's a missionary working and they try to reach the city for, to help that missionary and help that church. But that's what they did. This is the very first city reach. And they had it there and they go out and guess what? 
they go out and they have all sorts of good things happen and bad things happen and tough things happen. And, and they, I'm telling everybody, not only did they have the power to witness and to hand out flyers, they're handing out flyers everywhere. Come. They did not know they were going to have an all-you-could-eat meal deal later, but it happened anyway. Jesus is all about fellowship, and, and so fellowship halls are scriptural. I remember uh, the one, very first full-time church I ever pastored uh, in East Texas, they they thought that fellowshipping and eating should not be attached to the church sanctuary. And so they built a separate building, you know, for eating, drinking, all that. And uh, But Jesus, He just says, uh, I'm going to preach to you, and then don't move, I'm going to feed you. So He preached to them and fed them all in the same spot. So... You know, it didn't bother Jesus about having a building. Number one, they didn't even have a building, did they? They just sitting out having a picnic outside. So Jesus taught them and fed them all in the same spot, and they never moved. And so Jesus is all about fellowships and all about learning and growing and getting closer to Him. But this is it. This is it. They were excited about all that they were doing We've got a lot of stuff going on here at Promised Land, but did you know that you can get so busy, and I put here, busy for the right reasons. And a lot of us men were busy doing a lot of things, but are we busy doing what God wants us to do? Are we busy doing things and representing Him well? Look at verse 30. He said, the apostles, notice it says, gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told Him. So they went out into the towns, had all sorts of, they had stories to tell. Let me ask you this. Does anybody in this room have a story to tell? If I were to pull you aside privately right now, right now, do you have a story to tell about what you and Jesus have done? Have you told anybody about Jesus in the month of August? Have you invited anybody to church in the month of August? Some have because you all know what? People all the time, even this morning, people are here this morning because somebody invited them. Did you know that? So somebody has a story to tell. If you tell anybody about your church, your Sunday school class, if you're excited about that, what is God doing for you? In your, you're reaching your city. You have a story to tell. Think about this. This morning, I mean, could you, in your morning prayer, when you woke up, and hopefully all of you prayed before you came to church, okay? That's a, the that's a goal of mine as a pastor. I would love it saying, everybody prayed before they came to church. That'd be awesome. I hope you did. And so I, um, you're praying before you come to church. You're ready to come to church. You're ready to sing And you pray and you tell the Lord, Lord, I am so excited for what you did this week. Think about it. I am so excited about what you did this week. You did this. And you can see it. That's what they're doing right here in this verse 30. They're so excited about what we were able to do for you this week. You know, that's either an amen moment or an oh me moment. (laughs) Do I have a story to tell the Lord? Has what has Jesus done? What have I done for Jesus this week or this month? And uh, matter of fact, but he's getting him. And then they were all pumped up. Matter of fact, they were too pumped up. Notice verse 31. He said, well, y'all are wore out. 
Come you yourselves apart into a desert place. That just means a, kind of like, let's get out here in the woods. Let's get over here in the hay meadow. Let's get over here in the shade tree. And uh, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Well, let me tell you this. Just back up in your Bible. Take a quick peek at Psalms 103. This is a cool verse. Really cool. You ought to mark it in your Bible. Psalm 103, verse 14. This is pretty neat. God knows our frame. Did you know if you have an aching knee or hip this morning, God knows about it? If anything's hurting on you, He knows what's hurting on you this morning. And then what does it say about you? He knows that you're but dust. Well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you calling me a speck of dirt? <laughs> well, no, He knows that you're frail. He knows every joint. And guess what? It's scriptural. To, that means, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give you permission this afternoon. It's scriptural to take a Sunday afternoon nap. Can I get an amen? There you go. Now you're awake. You know, so it, it was a say. It says that we got weaknesses. He knows we're but dust. And so, so that's in the Old Testament. So go back to Mark 6. What did Jesus tell the disciples? Good work, guys. Way to go. You're awesome. He's high-fiving them. Boom, boom. Way to go, Peter. Hey, James. Boom. You know, hey, Bartholomew. Boy, that's a long name, isn't it? Bartholomew, give me five. Way to go, dude. And then what did he tell them? Y'all need to take a nap. That's what he told them. What he, because it says, hey, come apart into a desert place and let's get some snacks. Let's rest a while. And so, good for the right reasons. Are you, before we move on to the next part, are you so wore out from doing what you want to do that you don't have any time or energy left for the Lord's work? That's why the first point in this sermon this morning is what? Busy for the right reasons. Because many of us, and y'all know it, especially during the summertime, we can get so busy, nothing wrong with being busy, but what do we give God? The leftovers. The leftovers. We don't have any time, but anyway, <clears throat> I was talking with some of the guys this morning, our offerings were down in July, way down. We had normal amount of expenses, but offerings are way down. It's summertime, isn't it? People are going. People are traveling. People are out. But we get so busy that we lose. We don't really put maybe the Lord where He ought to be and where He should be. So busy for the right reasons. What's the next point in the message this morning? Being willing to go and meet Him. Look at verse 33 in our text. Well, the people saw them departing, and many knew him. They said, hey, there's Jesus. Man, that's, I've heard of that guy. There he is. They knew him. Notice it says they knew him, and ran a foot thither. Now, I, I tell you all what, I saw some people coming to church this morning. There was people running to come to Promised Land. They ran in the church. I said, why are you running? 
He said, they said, it's hot out there. So maybe they weren't running to, to come to Jesus, but they're running to the air conditioner, which is smart. You know, I don't want you dehydrating or anything, okay? It'd be something if we was all in here. What if our AC didn't work? Well, we would not be in here. <laughs> we'd at least we'd have a five-minute sermon under a shade tree, okay? So, <clears throat> but thank the Lord for air conditioning. They were going to Jesus. They're all excited. There he goes. There he goes. Be willing to and notice it says. In verse 34, and Jesus came out and saw much people, and this is our kind of our text, moved with compassion. And uh, there's a, a movie here several years ago that notice it says they were scattered as sheep, not having a shepherd. This is just a powerful verse. <clears throat> there's a movie here several years ago where it's, uh, the actor, the big actor in the movie, that he would say this. Let me get my microphone up here, Trey. I see dead people. I see dead people. When Jesus looked out into a town, he said this. I see lost people. I see lost people. What do you see? We need to see lost people. We need to see people that need a Savior. We need to see not just, hey, there goes people, that's so good, man, that's awesome, I'm glad to see people everywhere in Hamburg. But we also need to see that, are they, are they lost? Do they need a shepherd? Do they need a Savior? So, not only that, don't uh, many want to see all these people. Notice it says all these people ran to Jesus, they had heard of Him. And I want to say this, <clears throat> That a lot of people come to church and uh, they we, we, we say, well, people need to come to church to hear the Word. But did you know a lost man, a lost person, you can invite them for a fellowship. You can invite them to vacation Bible school. You can invite them for a choir concert. Man, we got a great choir. We got a great youth program. We got a great fellowship. We got a fish fry coming up. Did you know lost people are not attracted to this right here? You know why? They're lost. (laughs) Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, just real quick. Ephesians chapter 2, and and many of don't chastise a lost person because, well, they need to be more spiritually minded. The Bible says they're dead. They're dead in their sins. And they don't understand what you understand as a saved person. So never chastise if you if somebody somebody comes. Well, I tell you what, the church ain't here to entertain people. We don't need to be trying to entertain people, and uh, that's true. We need to be telling about the gospel. But if we have an event or a fellowship or something uh, that is entertaining, and a lost person comes to it, like say an upward basketball game, guess what occurs at the halftime of every upward basketball game? The gospel is presented. <laughs> So they came, they got entertained, they're lost. All of a sudden they hear about sin. And if you've never prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, well, a lost person doesn't know heads or tails about heaven or sin. And then all of a sudden they hear about it and boom, the Holy Spirit takes it and says, whoo, man, think about it, man. Are you going to heaven or hell when you die? And so a lost person, there's nothing to attract a lost person besides you. So what do people see? 
when they look at you in your life. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, And you hath he quickened. When you were lost, what were you? Dead and trespasses and sins. Now, so let's, let's move on quickly. Um, back to our Mark 6, look at verse 35. This is what I call being open to how to have fellowship with Jesus. So the very first way to have fellowship with Jesus is I need to be busy for the right reasons. Do I have a story to tell him? Be willing to go and meet him. And then this third one, am I, what, what about when you have problems? Look at verse 35. Well, the day was now far spent, Mark 6, 35. And his disciples came unto him and said, Well, we're out here in the desert. And it wasn't a desert like you're thinking. It was a desert just like in, we're not near a grocery store. <laughs> They're way out there in the middle of wherever, a field. And uh, the time is far spent. Send them away <clears throat> that they may go in the country round about in the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. And he said unto them, uh, Give you them to eat. And they said, Well, you want us to go to the store and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Well, <clears throat> right here, the Lord's about to teach them a lesson. And there's this problem that comes up. Number one, amongst the 5,000, amongst the 5,000, whenever Jesus, and you read this later on in the book of Mark, He's going to use this as an illustration about their lack of faith. The 12 baskets of food of leftovers was for the disciples to take care of them for the different needs that they had. The, uh, the people got fed that day in that feeding. It'd be kind of like us if we decided to... Like here several years ago, we did a law enforcement, here at Promised Land, we did a law enforcement banquet and we invited all the law enforcement agencies here in Ashley County. We had a good representation and our church really went above and beyond in feeding all the law enforcement officers and their wives that came to our banquet. Man, we had a big old have chickens and there's grilled and everything and we gave them all a coupon a movie coupon gift card to go see a movie called courageous which is about is a christian movie on law enforcement officers and their families were falling apart and what god did in that huge reach out but y'all know that probably not every law enforcement officer that came to the banquet knew jesus as their savior but what did they hear? We had a guest speaker, a chaplain from Washtenaw Parish Sheriff's Office come in and speak to them. Do you think all those 5,000 people were saved that were sitting around there eating? No. They weren't all saved. So they're getting to hear a message and they're getting fed at the same time. So they're getting a double blessing. It's pretty cool. And so the point is, is Jesus is trying to teach the disciples the lesson. The people are getting it. A twofold benefit, which is pretty neat. So, the anytime you have a problem, go to the right person. Matter of fact, I love this uh, passage over here, real quick. Psalms one twenty one. Uh, anytime you're facing problems, this is this needs this. By the way, Psalms one twenty one, <clears throat> and uh, needs to be an. It's about an attitude and. Uh, and looking at this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so this needs to be what we look up. Uh, also, in Luke 15, 
Luke 15, just look at that real quick. And this is the prodigal son. Many of you know his story, but I want you to notice his attitude. Okay? His attitude. And beginning with verse 17. Luke 15, verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Here's what I need to do. I will arise and go to my father and say, Dad, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So the Lord... And he went to his dad, and he, he, uh, his dad met him, and it's a great story. But he had to make a decision. I call it fellowship during problems. Folks, anytime you're serving the Lord, not everything's going to go smoothly. You're going to have, you're going to struggle with bills. You're going to struggle with, uh, health problems. You're going to struggle with your air conditioner going out in your car. Well, that would just be horrible right now if your air conditioner... You may be used to it. I remember for years all I had was a 1968 Chevrolet pickup. And my air conditioner was that 260 air conditioner. Two windows down and 60 miles an hour. You know, that was all the air conditioner I had and uh, for years. And so, but, you know, I don't know your air conditioner. I don't know what your problems are, but God does. He knows what your problems are. He knows what's hurting. He knows what you're facing. Can you have fellowship with Jesus during problems? Yes. Matter of fact, you desperately need it. And I need it. Run to Him. Go to Him. Well, the very last point is being willing to trust Him. Well, here's the part. Preacher, man, thank you for a good sermon. You really preached to us today. Be careful this morning. I may give you a pop quiz and ask you what I preached on. The answer, how to have fellowship with Jesus. But here's the part. Most of us in this room, we can say amen to the cows come home. We can sing hallelujah and and praise Jesus in amazing grace and and leave out of here with goosebumps on our goosebumps. We can be high-fiving the choir and Braden special. And man, Braden, you knocked it out of the park. And as soon as we leave this house, we stop trusting Jesus. Because we're all about trusting Him in here. It's trusting Him when we leave and when a problem comes up and you can't see the solution. He asked for the little boy's sack lunch. He said, how many fish you got? How many loaves do you have? He said, I'm going to feed everybody with this sack lunch. And you know what they were thinking? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know what they were thinking. That's what I'd be thinking. I know. And they had, have they ever seen this before? Had this ever happened before? No, not like this. <laughs> and uh, Jesus, God's fed a lot of people, but He's about to do a pretty cool thing when they see it happen right in front of their eyes. Be willing to trust Him. Look at verse 38. He said, well, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish. That's verse 38. Verse 39, He commanded them to all sit down by companies upon the green grass. Notice I said it wasn't your typical desert. (laughs) 
Alright? And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, blessed and break the loaves and gave to the disciples and set before them. And the two fish divided he among them all. And they all did eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments of the fishes. And basically, look at verse 43 real quick. Verse 43, when it says the twelve baskets, that's how many disciples were present at that point in time. I believe that with all my heart. Even Judas, who was lost, he's taking care of him. He's trying to show them, trust me. Trust me with everything you've got. And above anything I can say this morning is that simply this, no matter what you're facing in life, trust the Lord. Trust Him. He will take care of your problem. He will take care of you no matter what you're going through. And notice this. Whenever He did this, this is the point I think about whenever they took up and they had... uh, Notice verse 44 real quick. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. No matter what you're facing, Jesus will always do more than you expect. More than you expect. No matter what's going on in your life, He wants you to trust Him and He will give you more than you expected. More than you can ever imagine. But it's not always going to be, so. well, I need some money. It may not always be money. He may not even pay your bills for you. But He'll sure be there with you and give you more than you expect in life. As we prepare for a hymn invitation, as we bow our head, Father, I thank You for being the great Savior and Lord of our life, giving us more than we ever realize. Sometimes you do fill our cup till it runs over. And sometimes when the glass is half empty, you're you're letting us wonder if you'll really be there. And dear Lord, no matter if it's problems or big success, help us to trust you every day. Help us to not get too busy that we don't have time for you. And that we've got a story to tell about what you're doing in our family, in our lives, at work or at school. In Jesus' name, amen.